you haven't already, please open up your Bibles to Psalm 23. This uh, will be our fifth and final study in the Psalms this year. Um, Following today, we'll push pause and then pick up uh, in Psalm 24 in January. That'll be the plan. But um, one one could easily call Psalm 23... Uh, the best-known psalm out of the entire collection. However, I would go further than that and say that it's the best-known and most-read chapter in the entire Bible. One author writes, The words of this psalm have dried many tears and supplied the mold into which many hearts have poured their faith. That's a great line. As Logan shared with us earlier, many, we, we, we probably all could share personal stories where our hearts have, have been poured into this psalm. The psalm has been read and, and recited throughout all seasons of life, in children's bedrooms, around kitchen tables, hospital rooms and in funeral homes. If you recall, President George W. Bush cited part of Psalm 23 in his address to the nation on September 11, 2001. And the reason that he cited it is the same reason we read it so often. It's because the words of this psalm are so very deeply personal They're so radically, if you will, personal. When we need to know that God is close, we go to Psalm 23. When we need to know that God's not distant, but personal, we go to Psalm 23. A simple word count of the personal pronouns in this psalm reveals that in these six short verses, the pronouns I, me, and my are used 17 times. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. 17 times, over and over again, each line is so personal. As we read and study the Old Testament, we learn about a God who interacted with Israel as a people corporately. But in Psalm 23, David teaches us an important theological truth about God. God also relates with people personally as individuals, and this truth about God has great implications for us. It means that God not only looks on his people corporately, but he looks on us individually as persons. In other words, God does not just see us, he sees you. The God who created the universe is the God who created you. God is personal. 
Jesus describes this characteristic uh, in this way in Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is, I love this word that's used there in Luke, not one of them is unknown by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Meaning, God knows you that personally and that precisely. He knows you better than you know you. I don't know how many hairs are on my head. Less than you, but I still don't know. But God knows me better than I know me. That's what Jesus is saying there. So he goes on to say, don't be afraid. For you're worth more than many sparrows. Well, in John 10, uh, has already been alluded to in the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, Jesus makes another statement that's very relevant to this particular psalm. In verses 11 and 14 in John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, those of you familiar with the Gospel of John know that John organized his gospel using the seven I am statements that Jesus makes during his ministry. I'm the bread of life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection. I am the gate. I'm the light of the world. I am the true vine. And I am the good shepherd. Now, his repeated use of the phrase I am is no mere coincidence. God had revealed his personal name to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, when he said to him, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Now, the Hebrew translation of I am who I am is Yahweh. And this becomes the personal name of God in the Old Testament. So with these seven I am statements, Jesus is doing more than just using these images to help us to know him better. He's intentionally taking the personal name of God for himself. I am the good shepherd. With this understanding, we open to Psalm 23 and find that the very word of this psalm is this personal name of God, Yahweh. The psalm begins with, I am is my shepherd. As I've read the Bible through the years, I have become convinced that part of what Jesus is doing by making that statement, that claim in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, is claiming to be the fulfillment of Psalm 23. In other words, he's saying in Psalm 23, David is talking about me. I am the good shepherd. David is prophesying. He's saying, Jesus is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. 
Literally, it reads, I lack nothing. Church, here is what I have come to believe about my relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you hear nothing else this morning, please hear this. With Jesus as my shepherd, I have everything I will ever need. Everything. With Jesus as my shepherd, I can say with full confidence, take everything away from me. My home, my family, my job, my reputation, my bank account, my 401k, take even my life, take it all. If I have Jesus as my shepherd, I lack nothing. Now, I believe that with all my heart. My question I want to think about this morning is, do you feel that way about your relationship with Jesus? Could you make that same faith claim about your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because if not, if you don't feel that way about Jesus, then I want to tell you about him this morning. Let me tell you a little bit about what it means for Jesus to be my shepherd. Scholars think there is a relationship between Psalm 22 and Psalm 23. They think there's a reason that these two psalms are side by side in the collection, that it's not just happenstance. It's not just completely random. We learned two weeks ago that Psalm 22 is the song of the dying shepherd. He's the one who gave his life for you. And today we learn that Psalm 23 is the song of the risen shepherd. He's the one who lives for you. So he gave his life for you. That was Psalm 22. And he now lives for you. That's Psalm 23. And so as we learn today what it means for Jesus to relate to us as a shepherd, we're learning about how that affects us now. Jesus is alive. He's my shepherd today. He's my shepherd now. He's my shepherd presently. And as we, as we study Psalm 23 this morning, I want you to see that there are three distinct actions of the shepherd that are highlighted in this psalm that we're going to look at this morning to get a fuller picture at just how Jesus interacts with us today. You see that the Lord acted in these ways with David, and Jesus, our good shepherd, acts in these same ways with us today. Now, a shepherd's work was considered the lowest of all works. 
There was nothing glamorous about the role of the shepherd. Yet no one knew the work of a shepherd better than David. Because of the lowliness of the job, if a family needed a shepherd, it was always the youngest son who would have to do it. And if you recall, David was the youngest of seven brothers, and so he had spent many days with his family sheep and used his personal experiences as a shepherd in this psalm to help us to have a better understanding of our relationship with Jesus, to help us to see more clearly how Jesus interacts with us today. And so we're going to look at these three actions, uh, and and each one's just taken directly from the text. The first one is in verse 2. David writes, he leads me. He leads me. I think this is probably the way we think about uh, a shepherd interacting with his sheep uh, the most. You know, the shepherd's out in front of the flock, and the sheep are following him. And so when I say Jesus is my shepherd, part of what I mean is he leads me. In my life, I have experienced the leading of Jesus. I I keep my eyes on him, and he shows me the way. I listen to his voice, and I follow him. Verses 2 and 3 here in Psalm 23 are all about Jesus leading me as my shepherd. And in these verses, you see both his tenderness as a leader in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters, as well as his toughness. As a leader, in verse 3, he restores my soul and he guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. You see, Jesus leads with both tenderness and toughness. And only in Jesus Christ do we find this perfect combination. Throughout history, leaders have always led with one of these characteristics more than the other. But Jesus is the perfect combination of tenderness and toughness. Philip Keller uh, was a pastor and an author who was also a shepherd for eight years, and he wrote a classic little book titled um, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's a wonderful little book. Highly recommend it. And one of his wonderful insights into this text from his experience as a shepherd is that sheep do not lie down easily. In fact, he writes that sheep will not lay down. You cannot force them to lie down. You cannot make them lie down unless these four requirements are met which all begin with the letter F, fear, friction, flies, and food. He goes on to say sheep are timid. They're a very anxious animal. 
And so they won't lie down. You can't make them lie down unless they're free from fear. Y'all say sheep are a very social animal. They live within a flock. And if there's any friction with another sheep in that flock, they won't lie down. You can't make them lie down if something's wrong between that sheep and another sheep in the flock. He said sheep are a very sensitive animal, and they won't lie down if there are flies or if anything else is bothering them or hurting them. And then sheep are physical creatures, and they won't lie down if they're hungry. So fear, friction, flies, food, sheep sound a lot like humans. And it's only the shepherd that can make them lie down. He's the only one. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me. All who are anxious and angry, all who are hungry and hurting, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Jesus leads with tenderness. He also leads with toughness. In verse 3, he restores my soul can also mean he brings me to repentance. He guides me on right paths. You see, sheep wander away so easily. As the, as the shepherd leads out front, the sheep gets distracted. And they take their eyes off of the shepherd and they constantly wander down wrong paths. The prophet Isaiah would write in Isaiah chapter 53, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Yet despite our wandering, the shepherd's work is to restore us, to bring us to repentance. The shepherd's work is to guide us back onto the right paths. And there's a certain toughness that a leader must have in order to constantly restore, in order to to guide the wanderers onto the right path. There's confrontation. There are hard conversations. There's accountability. There's discipline. There are consequences. And Jesus leads with toughness. One of my favorite hymns is Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And there's this great line in the song that goes, Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. And do you hear in that line that combination of tenderness and toughness? Let Thy goodness bind like a fetter, like a chain, wrap a chain around my wandering heart to you. Love that line. It, 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 it combines both 
And we see that in the leading. He leads me. I have seen both the tenderness. I know and I have experienced both the tenderness and the toughness of Jesus leading me. He leads me. That's the first action that I want you to see here in this psalm. Second, go to verse 6. At the end, we learn this. He follows me. He follows me. Surely, his goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Literally, it is to pursue with diligence. He follows me in pursuit. You see, it's not if the sheep wanders away, but it's when the sheep wanders away. That's how it works with sheep. Yet because of the goodness and the mercy of the shepherd, he leaves the 99 and pursues the one. Lauren Daigle um, is a wonderful Christian artist. Um, She has a song titled Rescue. And in the chorus of the song, she sings these words as if spoken to us by God. She sings, I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. So when I say Jesus is my shepherd, part of what I mean is he follows me. He pursues me. He comes after me. And in my life, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, I have experienced his pursuit. I know this to be true, not only because I read it here in the words of Psalm 23, but because I have experienced it. 49 years into my life, and I can look back and see where his goodness and mercy have pursued me when I would have given up on me. He kept coming. Scottish preacher described verse 6 in this way. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, and he has two fine collie dogs named goodness and mercy. They will see us safely home. The prophet Isaiah speaks to this aspect of our relationship with God when in chapter 52, verse 12, he wrote, for the Lord will go before you and will be your rear guard. He leads the way, and he pursues from the back. You see, Jesus is out in front leading us to places that we would never go on our own. And then he also drops behind us, and his goodness and his mercy follow us and drives us until we reach our destination. follows me. So the first action, he leads me, comes at the beginning of the psalm. And the second action, 
He follows me comes at the end of the psalm, and then the third action is located at the very center of the psalm. Third action, verse 4, he comforts me. He comforts me. Now, I have told you before about my chickens. We have uh, three chickens in our backyard. That got William's attention. (laughs) No one likes taking care of the chickens. I mean, every day, it's the person who draws the shortest straw that has to take care of the chickens, and they never want to do it. It's like pulling teeth. Now, uh, I have to confess, I have to give full disclosure. If I'm going to use this as a sermon illustration, I must give full disclosure. Uh, I have never taken care of the chickens. My one responsibility with the chickens is eating their eggs. But everyone else in the family takes a turn caring for the chickens. Karen, JP, and Milbury Ann, they're all on a youth retreat this weekend. But William is with me here today. And if you want to know about how much my people dislike taking care of our chickens, just ask William. I could have him come up and give personal testimony. He could write a book about it. He has much to say. But that said, that said, there are only three chickens, and they're in a coop. And at most, it takes about 15 minutes a day, 10 minutes, to care for them. Now, from what I understand about sheep, they're the most difficult livestock to care for because no other animal requires more careful handling than sheep. You see, the work of a shepherd was not just a a 15-minute-a-day chore. Shepherds had to live with the sheep 24 hours a day, and the task of caring for the sheep was unending. This third action of Jesus, he comforts me, is due to his presence always being with me. So when I say Jesus is my shepherd, part of what I mean is he comforts me with his presence. He's always with me, and he never leaves me. And nothing is more comforting than the presence of Jesus Christ. And at the exact center of this psalm are these words. For you are with me. This statement is at the center. There are 26 words before it and 26 words after it. It's at the heart of what this psalm has to say. This psalm was written by design for this to be at the center and for that truth to be the central idea because a shepherd, what it means to be a shepherd is to live with the flock. 
He's present 24-7. He doesn't go anywhere. He never leaves nor forsakes. The task of caring for his flock is unending. And David informs us in verse 4 that the shepherd is fully and constantly present with his sheep for two specific reasons. For both protection and direction. You see, the rod was for protection, and the staff was used for direction. And so the shepherd's always present, always available to provide both protection and direction for the sheep. And having this knowledge, knowing he's there for these specific reasons to protect us and to direct us brings great comfort to us. In times of our greatest need, Jesus is no longer ahead of us to lead, nor behind us to pursue, but he's with us to comfort. He comforts me. And I think specifically the truth of verse 4 has brought so much comfort to so many people. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I mentioned earlier that Psalm 23 is known as the song of the risen shepherd. And I know this to be true because only a risen shepherd can lead a person through our time of greatest need, death. At death, all other guides must turn back. Only the risen shepherd can comfort us with his presence through death. Only the risen shepherd can protect us with his rod and direct us with his staff through death. There's a wonderful illustration of this truth uh, that Billy Graham used to tell about a preacher whose wife had died of cancer, leaving him with three children under the age of 12. On the day of the the funeral, the preacher and his family were driving to the service when a truck passed them, casting a large shadow across their car as it went by. The preacher turned to his oldest daughter, who was deeply grieving uh, the loss of her mother, and he asked her, tell me, sweetheart, would you rather be run over by that truck or by its shadow? Looking at her father, she replied, by the shadow, I guess, because it can't hurt you. Then speaking to all his children, the preacher said, 
Because Jesus overcame death, your mother has not been overcome by death, but only by the shadow of death. And a shadow is nothing to fear, now is it? He leads me. He follows me. He comforts me. It's the song of the risen shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. Church, I hope I have been able to communicate to you what it means for Jesus to be my shepherd. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these ancient words. Use your Holy Spirit to share these words deeply into our hearts, to embed them there. Thank you for Jesus being our risen shepherd. May we live this week as he leads us, as he follows us, and as he comforts us. I pray in his name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing.